All right. Good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Another episode of Mornings with Mike. Live from the basement studio here on this Tuesday, December 12th. Hope everyone had a nice weekend. Hope your week got off to a good start yesterday. Two weeks from Christmas. Hard to believe. I've actually started purchasing a few presents. So I feel like while I'm not ahead of the game in any way, I'm at least... Now, you know, in the game, which is more than I could say last week or the week before or the week before that. So finally starting to get my presents shopping started and hopefully completed by the time Christmas rolls around. Four, eight number, uh, phone numbers if you want to get involved. And I'd love to hear from you. Four, eight, four, five, oh, five. 0449. Pretty sure that's the phone number. 484 509 0445. I conflated a couple numbers. 484 509 0445. Normally I print off a piece of paper that has that on. I thought I had it memorized. I got cocky. I got cocky. And I went on to regret it. 484 509 0445. You can always email Mike Keller. Radio at gmail.com, and you can go ahead and send us a text message or leave us a voicemail at that phone number. Again, 484-509-0445. There he is. I just knew. I knew for sure one certain Cowboy fan would be on the on the Facebook feed this morning, commenting, putting up reminders, and there he is. Our pal Chef Tim reminding me that the Eagles fell to the Cowboys on Sunday night, 33-13. to Now, here's my thing. Now, I'm okay with Tim doing it because I'm friends with Chef Tim. And I know Chef Tim means it in a chop-busting way. Like, I know Chef Tim's tone when he puts that on my feed. And I'm fine with that, and I smile and I laugh because that's part of the fun of sports, and that's part of having friends, and those friends have different favorite sports teams. It's all part of the game, and I'm good with that. It's the other folks out there who are just putting up comments, and I've talked about this before, the anti-Eagles fans. And if you're an anti-Eagles fan, and you go on Facebook after a big loss like that, and you're posting things like, well, my timeline is awfully quiet tonight. No crap! If we were on there as Eagles fans, as a group, pounding our chests after the Eagles, uh, Dallas Cowboys absolutely owned the Eagles 33-13, to we would look like idiots, and it would be the right thing to do to tell us that now is not the time to be pumping our chests. So quiet after a performance like that is the appropriate response from Eagles fans. And there's some out there, and they love to bash the Eagles. I've never seen a group of people that like to bash another group of people outside of politics like I do anti-Eagles fans with Eagles fans in my life. And I'd like to think, 
for the most part, we keep to ourselves. We're in our own little bubble, Eagles fans, as all fan bases are on social media. And if you live in this area, if you live in the area surrounding Philadelphia and you're not an Eagles fan, and it annoys you that because you have friends and family members on social media that are Eagles fans, if seeing those posts annoy you, then I'm sorry. You either have to get new friends or family or you have to move. Because you live in an area where there are predominantly Eagles fans. That's why you see Eagles posts, especially after they win. Any fan base is going to go ahead and be talking about their team when they're good and then kind of be quiet after a big loss. It's the appropriate thing to do. I'm so sick and tired of anti-Eagles fans on social media. And this is not for Cowboys fans. This is not for Giants fans. My two least favorite teams, who, by the way, if you are fans of those teams, I've probably, unless we're really close, never even mentioned that your team lost or never even mentioned that the Eagles beat them. I'm just happy the Eagles won. But it's those anti-Eagles fans. They're not even fans of other teams. They're just rooting. And then they're like, oh, there's never a bigger or there's no bigger. What did I read? And I read this a handful of times. There's no bigger group of front runners than Philadelphia Eagles fans. And again, this is after they lost 33 to 13. I'm just not sure what these people expect. And then they take any little bit of an opening to go at Eagles fans. And they just wait till these times. There was nobody bashing Eagles fans when they were 6-7-0. and Then they lose to the Jets, which was weird. And you hear them. And you're like, yeah, but they still only lost one game in there in first place. And now the last two weeks have been crap. Yes, they lost 42-19. to to the San Francisco 49ers, and then Sunday night in Dallas, a place where Dallas is just really, really good. I think the Eagles, over the last uh, handful of years, it goes a while back. Yeah, here it is. They're 0-6 in Dallas over their last uh, six games. So back in 2019, they lost 37-10. to In 2020, it was 37-17. In 21, it was 41-21. to uh, and then last year it was forty to thirty-four, and then you add that in with thirty-three to thirteen. So yeah, it's been a it's been a bad spot for the Eagles over these last six years. Uh, but the Eagles won that game against Dallas at the link, which is what you want to do when you take a look at the schedule. When we looked at this gauntlet, someone asked me what I thought they would be. I said six and two. I mean four and two. Excuse me, out of the six games. So they still have a chance to do that. They win in Seattle on Monday night, a game none of us were worried about a couple weeks ago. Now we're all very worried about it, and rightfully so. The defense, the offense has been bad. Uh, those are two teams, two sides of the ball you can't get away with uh, having bad performances on a regular basis. Last year, special teams was an issue. The only f- part of the game you felt good about after last night's game and going back to uh, last Sunday, the Sunday before that against the 49ers, was the special team. So you talk about a, a flip in uh, the team over the last uh, year. That's kind of where we're at right now. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have a good special special teams, but you don't want that to be the strength 
of your team. No one's winning a Super Bowl on the strength of their special teams. So, yeah, disappointing performance. And, I look, I'm not going to say anything else about the Eagles just because what what is there left to say? They, 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 the defense has been bad. They gave up 10 straight drives where the opponent scored. And it's not like a lot of those were field goals. Nine of those 10 were touchdowns. That's not good before they finally got the Dallas Cowboys to punt in the third quarter on Sunday night. That goes all the way back to the first quarter, the end of the first quarter against the San Francisco 49ers, those 10 straight drives that ended in points for the opposition. That's not good. Everything's been bad. They need to turn it around. You need to see Nick Sirianni turn this thing around. You need to see... Uh, these uh, offensive and defensive coordinators, this uh, Johnson and Desai, Brian Johnson, Sean Desai, they need to be better. Brian Johnson and I, I have not been impressed with this entire year, and I've said so on multiple different platforms. I don't like the play calling. I think that's what is keeping this team from getting in a rhythm. I'd love to see Nick Sirianni kind of be much more involved with play calling. I know he's obviously involved with the game plan, but I'd love to see Nick Sirianni uh, – calling plays uh, for the Eagles here over these last uh, four or five weeks because they really, really need a boost and they really need a change. And you're now, you know, 13 weeks in, 13 games in, 14 weeks into the NFL season. This is what he is right now. You want to give him another chance next year to call some plays? By all means, do that. But I think you need a change this year, and let's let's see if Nick Sirianni can do it. All right, sorry. Those the anti like I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand how it's fun for those people to just go on social media and you know just celebrate that the Eagles lost. And the one guy I'm I, I'm I'm familiar with the one person on my social media, and they're they're a fan of another team. They're a fan of a team. In fact, they're a fan of the Cowboys. So why aren't you just happy the Cowboys won? Why do you have to turn it back and be happy the Eagles lost? And then celebrate it that way. Why not just celebrate your team won? And now they're in, for the time being, first place in the NFC East. Just celebrate that. Right now, they're in the number two seed. Celebrate that. That's worth celebrating. You don't have to throw the Eagle stuff. And then to go after the fans, I just, I'll never understand it. I, I just don't get it. Like, of all the things you have to worry about, I don't get it. All right, 484-509-0445, 484-509-0445. If anybody wants to chime on in, those phone lines are open right now. You can give us a call. My buddy Matty Whipple saying hi. Monica saying good morning. Good morning there, Monica. Mike Saying good morning. Day off, I get to listen. Very cool. Greg says good morning. Maddie Whipple looking to serve up some hot cakes. Uh, David Moten says morning, Mike. Matt Haywood, good morning. Can we not talk about a certain bird, <laughs> which will remain nameless? Yeah, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. I already mentioned our guy, Chef Tim. And uh, Dallin from up at the Reading Royals sales. Uh, ticket salesman extraordinaire. Uh, just don't step into the Eagles bubble. They're all in the Eagles bubble. They're Dallin. All in the Eagles bubble. So my, my, that would be my thing. If I could tell, and this is maybe why sports fans always get into fights, and they tried to blame a fight in Dallas on an Eagles fan. They said, and it was everywhere, including the New York Post, where they were like, Eagles and Cowboys fans fight, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't even an Eagles fan. It was a guy in a Raiders jersey. Someone pointed that out on social media. 
just because it was a Cowboys Eagles game and you got a guy in a Cowboys jersey fighting with a guy in a different shirt from a different team doesn't mean it's the Eagles. It was a Raiders jersey apparently, and it was uh, a uh, fight there in the stands. Maybe, maybe if we just celebrated our team more than going after the opposite fan base, there wouldn't be fights in stadiums, and everybody could just enjoy a sporting event. But anyways, I'll let that go. Um, one other quick thing from the weekend sports-wise, uh, the whole Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid post-game reaction after the loss to the Bills where uh, Denarius Tony, I believe his name is, former Giant, last year for the Chiefs, he was a Super Bowl um, a hero. Um, he was offsides. His foot was plainly and obviously in the neutral zone. There's no denying that. You look at the replay, you look at the still image from right before the ball was snapped, and his foot is all the way in the neutral zone. So he is lined up offsides. So uh, they don't call that, especially if the receiver doesn't look down to the sideline official. And if he does, the sideline official will tell him to move back. The defense doesn't get that, but the offense will get a warning. Hey, move back. All he's got to do is look to his left, and the ref will be standing right there, the official, and probably will give him a wave. Doesn't do that. The play goes off. It's a pass over the middle from Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. Kelsey runs a little bit, spots Tony streaking down the side, turns, laterals back to him, which was a just a pass, beautiful spiral thrown from Kelsey, but it's backwards, so it's a lateral, and he runs into the end zone for what would have been a game-winning touchdown. But Tony, who just scored the game-winning touchdown, you talk about going from a hero to a goat and not the greatest of all time goat in a second. Man, there is a vibe change for you. He goes from being the man to the guy that just stopped the team from winning the game. And instead of being like to their teammate, dude, you got to make sure you're lined up on sides. Patrick Mahomes loses his S after the game and is screaming, yelling. His teammates are holding him back from the officials. He's throwing his helmet down. And that's one thing. Because you hear about it all the time. The heat of battle. That's one thing. If that's all it was, and then Patrick goes to the post-game press conference and goes, hey, I saw the replay. Uh, it was blatant. As much as I don't like it, the refs had to call it uh, Buffalo wins. Uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll regroup and, and look to uh, right the ship next week. If that's what would have happened, fine. What are you going to do? Right? We all get over-emotional in times and... You know, he, he came out, he said he was wrong, let's all move on. But that's not what happened. In fact, he walks out to shake hands with Josh Allen, and I don't even know if he said good game to Josh Allen. You kind of see him talking about the bad call. And then the one that really surprised me, Andy Reid goes to the press conference, and he calls the ending of that game, specifically from an officiating standpoint, an embarrassment. And look, I was never a guy who hated Andy Reid. I was always a huge big red guy because he was so much his teams were so much fun. The Eagles were so bad for so long prior to Andy Reid getting here. And really turned him around. Donovan McNabb, that was such a fun era of Philadelphia Eagles football. It didn't end with them winning 
the ultimate prize. But it was a fun era, and it really turned the franchise around to where now they're a perennial winning team for the most part. There's hiccups. There's years where you're down. But ever since Andy Reid, if you go back, there's many more winning seasons than losing seasons, which is fantastic. But to hear Andy Reid sitting there and talking about how that was an embarrassment that they made that call, you can't then complain about that ticky-tack call that did not affect how the play turned out and then go ahead and look at the Super Bowl last year, a game that you won on the tickiest of tackiest holding calls. You can't celebrate that Super Bowl win and then complain about this regular season loss to the Bills because they made a call that you didn't like. Eagles fans dealt with it after the Super Bowl, and by the way, a lot better, (laughs) including the team, than Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid dealt with that loss on Sunday in what otherwise was a very entertaining football game from uh, what used to be Arrowhead Stadium there in Kansas City. So I, I was really shocked about that. I mean, he was definitely offsides, no doubt about it, blatant. And my response to Andy and Patrick would be, hey, forget about the Super Bowl. Let's just look at this game in a bubble. Let's go back to that play and pretend Tony was onsides. Let's pretend one of the defenders was lined up in the neutral zone. And then, for some reason, that play ends up in an interception or a fumble and a turnover. Aren't you going to want that offsides called on the defense? Well, then you have to have the same issue and you have to have the same call and the same rule when it comes to the offense. So I was mesmerized by the fact that Andy Reid came out in that press conference and said something about it being an embarrassment. That that just was not what I expected from Andy Reid. Dallin says the way the Chiefs handled it post game is why I'm so glad the Patriots handled all of their ups, downs, and especially controversial professionally uh, controversies professionally and with class. Yeah, you, you can make the argument, and I know there's a lot of people want to call the uh, Patriots cheaters. You have um, all those different gates that they were involved with, but yeah. They never were whining, complaining, yelling, screaming, all that stuff. I, I, I do think the Patriots probably handled it better, uh, but uh, anybody handled it better. Even the uh, even the um, Saints, after they lost in that uh, NFC uh, championship game with what was just the most obvious pass interference you've ever seen, uh, I think they handled that better than the Chiefs handled how the uh, refs called the end of that game. So I was I was blown away. Uh, Melinda says, I felt your pain, Mike, watching the Eagles game. Yeah, it was um, – my buddies and I did a, a little Zoom party, and we were uh, trying to, uh, you know, have a little fun watching that game. And that was a, uh, that was a tough game to, uh, to try to, uh, you know, enjoy. And the worst part is because it's a Sunday night football game – you literally, I'm not trying to quote Carrie Underwood here, but you literally waited all day for that game. And then all of a sudden, and you kind of got the vibe early that it probably wasn't going to go well because the Eagles kept shooting themselves in the foot and you can't do that against a very good Dallas Cowboys team. So there you go. It is what it is. All right, a couple other things that I did want to talk about. And just a reminder, those phone lines are open if you want to give us a call, 
5090445 I think I um spoke about this when we first started doing the basement shows. So my uh, wife's family does I guess it's not technically a white elephant. I don't know if it's a Yankee swap. I don't know what the name for it is, but we all bring a present and this is just the adults. So you bring a present and there's usually some sort of theme for the present. And then uh, they all go in the middle of this uh, area and we sit around in a circle and then we pick names out of a hat and that's the order you pick your presents in. And if you pick first, you get a present and then someone has the ability to come on down there and uh, steal it from you after they take the next one. And then you can steal and swap and it's all these different things. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it can be frustrating because there's something you really want and you get it and then somebody steals it from you. But, you know, it's all normally not huge things that we're fighting over. And it's all done with, uh, I think, a lot of um, good senses of humor. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's a good group to do it with. And I'll get back to that in just a second. We do a phone call here. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your name? Hey, this is Maddie Whipple. Hey, Maddie Whipple. How you doing, bud? What's up, Mike? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What can Listen, we? What, how how you doing? How was your we weekend? I think we all need to stop being so negative because the Sixers and the Flyers are killing it right now. That's right. Yeah, Sixers uh, didn't get yeah. didn't get everybody, into the uh, everybody... final four there of the uh, in season tournament, but they they won last night. They absolutely took it to the Wizards and the Flyers have been surprising everybody. And I and still the Eagles are ten and three. If you would have said the Eagles are ten and three after thirteen games yeah. in September. We all would have taken it. Yeah, they're still tied for first. So, like, why is everybody freaking out right now? I don't get it. And if you know what, if the if the if the Eagles have to lose one game in order for the Flyers to win ten, that's a trade off I'm willing to make. All right, you but I don't I don't want to make any more trade offs. I don't want to make any more trade offs though for Flyers wins. <laughs> I, I'm good after these two. I'm good. I'm good. Well. I'm okay with the loss yesterday. We split Dallas. It's fine. Yes. It happens all the time. It's not, this is not brand new football. Um, and also the Eagles, it's Philly. Philly teams rally. That's what they do. And that's exactly what's going to happen. This was a wake up call. They're all going to, I guarantee you, Jalen Hurts is more angry than any of us are right now. That I can agree and, with. Yeah. He's going to, sh- he's probably already there. He's probably already there doing reps. I would and, I would imagine he beat me uh, to quote unquote work this morning by many hours. Right, many hours. You. Yeah, he's been there since six a.m. If not, so I don't think there's anything to worry about. Everybody needs to calm down. There's nothing to panic about. And uh, Dallas sucks. And I love you, Mike. And I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maddie. Always fun. always fun, buddy. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Okay. Later. All right, there you go. The great Matty Whipple. Check it in. Um, I do believe there is a little bit, a little bit of reason to panic because, you know, in consecutive weeks, you did lose by huge margins, Uh, you know, and your offense hasn't been able to score many points and your defense has let up many, many points. So I believe there's a slight reason to panic, but just a little bit. And hopefully over these next four weeks, we see them turn this thing around. But right now, if you feel uneasy as an Eagles fan, I believe that is the appropriate way to feel. Uh, Jen checking in. Mike, my Giants won last night. Woohoo! I did see that when I woke up this morning. I didn't make it to the end of the game. Uh, look, I am, I've am. i said before, the Giants, my least favorite team in 
maybe all of sports. They, them and the Mets are right there as my two least favorite teams. It's probably the Mets, and then the Giants are right behind them. And then you got to throw Cowboys and the Braves, and we kind of go from there. But yeah, Giants right up there, top two least hated teams. I have to admit that when they have a guy like uh, Tommy uh, Tommy DeVito, is that his name? I think that's his name, Tommy. I know it's DeVito. I, I believe his name's Tommy. I find myself, and this pains me to say, not rooting, but enjoying the Tommy DeVito thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm enjoying the Tommy DeVito story, which makes me feel very uncomfortable. It makes me feel very dirty on the inside. Like, this morning, I got up. I was watching some Sports Center, getting ready for the show, and they were showing all the highlights of last night, including, apparently, uh, Tony DeVito's agent, who was dressed like a mobster. So you talk about dedicating yourself to the bit. Not just the family doing the... Italian hand gesture, but now you got the uh, you got the agent there dressed like a uh, member of Goodfellas, uh, just doing stuff. And I find myself smiling and enjoying the coverage, and then I got to go take a shower because I feel dirty and I feel bad about myself for enjoying something that the Giants are doing. Uh, so I can I can appreciate uh, what the Giants are doing. And look, Melinda, uh, who's a Jets fan, and Jen, you're a Giants fan. At any point. If you have a crap team and they win a couple games at the end of the year, even if it doesn't mean anything, if you get a little playoff hope and you get a little fun out of it, it's all that matters. So enjoy it. And for the time being, Jen, for the time being, I am uh, I'm not rooting for the Giants, but I'm not uh, I'm not directing my normal, you know, despise towards them quietly to myself. Not on social media. Uh, Maddie throwing out there, just called in Celtics and Penguins. I guess you're going through your most hated teams. I'd have to really think about it. We, if that's something maybe we can go uh, tomorrow, your least favorite professional sports teams, uh, we can maybe go through that little list and check that out. I can tell you right now, Mets, Giants are probably my top two. So if you were doing your top five least favorite, it goes from there. And third, I I can't say for sure, is Dallas. It might be Atlanta. We can go through that next uh, tomorrow. I'll come up with my list, Maddie, and you can uh, tomorrow morning share yours, and anyone else can share theirs as well. Their five least fave, since I don't want to say hated, we'll keep it positive, least fave sports teams. All right, we'll do that tomorrow, and we'll we'll have some fun with that uh, tomorrow here on the program. So anyways, the um, family gift exchange. So this year, the um, whole theme for the white elephant thing, like we've done different like themes with alcohol and stuff, and we've done different themes with um, like holidays or, uh, you know, um, um, paradise, or you do like tropical stuff. We've had themes. This year's theme was everybody... And I think my sister-in-law had seen this on a different white elephant thing that they do. But everybody gets a color, right? You picked colors out of a hat. So blue, black, brown, green, red, orange. All these colors were picked back, I think, on Labor Day weekend. And uh, long story short, I thought my, I forgot that my wife wasn't keeping track of our colors. 
because normally she's the responsible adult, especially when it comes to family stuff. I completely, I have no idea what my color is. So I was given another color. Now there are a, this side of the family is big. There's numerous people. So there's a double digit people involved. So now I have to get a color because they can't just give me one of the colors that was originally in the hat. I got to get a leftover color. So I got a crap color and I can't complain because at the end of the day, it's my fault. So now my, my theme for buying presents, and I just started doing this the other day, is beige. And I, I, I deserve this because I'm the one who lost my color. But if anybody knows of any good and fun beige presents or beige gifts or things that predominantly come in the color beige that could be a good gift that someone who ends up with it won't be disappointed in because that's where I'm at that's where I'm at if you don't know who you're shopping for and you're buying stuff that has to be well liked by a large group of people because nobody wants to be responsible for the one present that's in the middle of this you pick a gift blindly and they go ahead and then someone switches it and you can steal and all that stuff. You just don't want someone to end up with your gift and really hate it. There's always the possibility someone who doesn't want your gift is going to end up with your gift because that's the whole point of the game. But you don't want them to you don't want it to be the worst Christmas present they ever got, right? That's what you don't want. So I need some help with some beige things. I've found two small beige things that I believe anyone can enjoy. And more so, the one is just a container that is beige that I'm going to put something in. I got some people throwing out some uh, options here. Lisa says a throw blanket. Yeah. You know, that's not a terrible idea. Not a terrible idea. Uh, Jen says Bailey's Irish cream. I'm already kind of ahead of you with my container thing. So Jen, we're, 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 we're thinking the same, uh, wavelength, just a little bit different. Uh, Maddie goes with an old banana. <laughs> I think that's more Brown than beige. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I, I'll have to let a banana rot and see if I can time it out and catch it on a beige day. But, uh, yeah, it's just the worst color. And I know there's ways around this and I could just purchase things that are either in beige packaging or the like labels are beige but I feel like that's cheating and here's the thing because I kind of ruined Christmas or at least this thing of Christmas by taking out what would have been or might have been a good color I don't remember myself hating my color so I think I got a decent color might have been green might have been blue might have been red might have been orange. I don't know. There is a little bit of me that thinks it was purple. Because I think that when I got the color, my first thought was, and some of you already may be with me, my first thought was, and I, I, can't, I can't remember if I'm just making this up if this is just, I don't know, 
fan fiction, for lack of a better term. But I kind of think, and I kind of remember thinking, oh, this will be easy. I'll just buy all my gifts from the Royals team store. (laughs) So I kind of think that maybe it was purple. But I can't be sure, and I'm not allowed to ask. Because if I ask and everybody says no, then everyone will know that then I have purple and therefore, you know, they'll know it's my gift. It's supposed to be anonymous. So it kind of sucks. Uh, pasta, khakis. It's true, Maddie. Khakis are good. But I have. how do you know what size pants that person wears? Huh? I don't even know who I'm buying for. I'm buying for a group of people that range from like an 18 or 19-year-old college girl to my father-in-law, who is in his mid-70s. That's the range that I have to try to buy stuff in in beige that everyone is going to enjoy. It's a tough Christmas. It's a tough Christmas. Um, So if you want to go ahead and give me some uh, suggestions, feel free. You can either text them in, 484-509-0445, email them in, MikeKeller5 at gmail.com, or MikeKellerRadio, excuse me, at gmail.com, or um, put them up here on the comments. Uh, khaki joggers, not a bad idea, but I'm not sure anybody wants to wear khaki sweatpants. That's my thing. And if you're going to wear beige sweatpants, you might as well wear khakis. And I don't think I'm going to be able to find anything because there is a price limit as well. I'm just, I'm screwed. I'm going to have the least popular present at this year's Bookhammer Christmas Extravaganza, which is just what it boils down to. All right, um, a couple other um, quick things here, and then I this is going to be a short one today, uh, or a shorter one today, just because I do have um, some things that I want to do here once um, this morning, so we are going to do a bit of a shorter one today. Um, I saw this, and this kind of surprises me. I guess they did a survey, and there's a million of these done every day. And the basic gist of the survey was talking to people about their vacations and what they look for in vacations, what they um, do on their vacations, and then also who they travel with on vacation. And a lot of people were talking about traveling with uh, family, traveling with friends, all that stuff. And then they also threw in here, and asked the question, would you want to go on a solo vacation? And I've known people who have gone on solo vacations. I actually talked about it last week when uh, Melinda called up to talk about the uh, London games. And uh, I think there was, uh, might have been Dave, I forget. We were talking about the London baseball games. I know uh, Melinda said she got her tickets um, and whether or not there's going to be more of those and blah, 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 blah. And I was talking about how I had a friend uh, who did the um, Philly fans trip when the Eagles were playing over in London, and he went by himself. Now, that's kind of a different animal, because while you're still traveling solo, you're not with friends, you're not with family, you're still with a group, right, of like-minded individuals. So that's, to me, traveling solo and vacationing solo, but it's kind of cheating a little bit. Right. It's also very much you're 
still have that fallback of you're probably going to meet somebody or have some friends and make some friends, at least for that trip that you'll spend some time with. So you aren't really traveling solo. I think like when I think of a solo vacation, I think of you got on a plane and you went somewhere where you're not going to know anybody else. That's a solo vacation. And while I like to do something solo and it's nice to do some things by yourself there's a level of bravery I think that goes into traveling solo and there is a level of confidence that goes into traveling solo and that bravery and confidence go hand in hand that I can't possibly ever really hope to get to like again I like doing some things by myself I don't like doing this by myself This is not my favorite thing in the world to do by myself. I would much rather have someone else do this with me, but I realize that solo is a skill that I need to work on, so here I am. So I'm not afraid to do things I don't like by myself, but, you know, I prefer to have the company of others. Um, But I like going to lunch by myself. I remember when I had a regular 9-to-5 job, and, you know, you're surrounded by the same people in the same cubicle, looking at the same stuff every single day when I worked at the bank. And while I like to go out to lunch with my work friends or I pack lunch and we eat in the lunchroom, there was the occasion where sneaking off because maybe I had to run a quick errand or I just wanted to get away. I enjoyed going to, and you can make fun of me if you want, but it was right down the street. It was handy and they had specials. I would go to the Applebee's. I'd be eating good in the neighborhood. I'd saddle uh, right up to the bar, and I'd sit there, and I'd have a bowl of chili, uh, a Diet Coke, maybe a side salad or some fries or whatever I had with it or a burger or whatever, and I'd sit there, and I'd have my lunch. And it was very relaxing. You could take the whole uh, 50 minutes because you were right down the street a whole hour, so you had five minutes to get there, five minutes back, use the bathroom, clock back in, you're good to go. It was a very relaxing way to have lunch or I'd go by myself over to the food court at the mall remember food courts kids those were places in malls buildings that housed a lot of different stores that would have many different restaurants and there was always a Chinese place that had someone handing out samples and even though you were never going to eat at that Chinese place you always took a sample at least that's how it worked in the Berkshire Mall do you remember Berkshire Mall people I don't know if it's still there I've not been in the, in the Berkshire Mall food court in forever There was the Chinese food place in the corner right to the left of the Chick-fil-A, which is no longer there, if I'm correct. But right to the left of the Chick-fil-A was a Chinese restaurant. And you could go down the line. They'll put the stuff in, the rice, the lo mein, the meats, the beef and broccoli, all that stuff. Right in the container, you can either take it home or you can eat it there in the food court. There's always someone standing there handing out samples. I'm going to guess chicken 99% of the time. I don't think I've ever purchased food from that Chinese restaurant. But when I was a teen, and when I was in my early 20s, and when I was working at the bank and I'd go over there for lunch, every time I took that free sample, every single time, just like going to Sam's nowadays, got to get your free samples. But, you know, going to lunch by yourself is fine. I even have gone to some movies by myself. I don't mind going to movies by myself. You tend to look a little creepy sometimes, but I don't mind going to movies by myself. Lunch, movies, 
a walk. Those are all things I want to do by myself. But if I'm going away, whether it's a long weekend or it's a weeks-long vacation, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could do that by myself because I will tell you guys this. I've spent a lot of alone time lately. You know, I get up. My wife and daughter leave the house. Then I'm just here all day for the most part by myself. Because while, sure, it's fun to not have a job in theory, I can't, I'm not going to go out and do stuff. I'm not making money. You make money to be able to go do stuff. So it's just kind of sit home, maybe go play some pickleball, maybe go over. I delivered some candy bars that my daughter is selling for a fundraiser to my parents. I changed my light bulb in my car, my headlight. That was pretty good. These are the little things I do. Vacuum, load the dishwasher poorly, run some errands to the grocery store, but I'm by myself. It's not so much fun. You know, if I'm going on vacation and I want to have a good time, I'm hoping that I'm there making memories with a friend or a family member. Now, I've never done it, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'd be shocked and I would take a solo vacation and I would absolutely love it. But to me, it just doesn't sound like anything I'd be into. But they asked over uh, 2,000 Americans the same questions. And two in five, two in five, so 40% said they would like to take and, in fact, want to take a solo vacation. So I want to know from you guys, whether it's listening live now or on the 222 with Mike and Robbie podcast feed in a little bit when I post this thing, feel free to email, feel free to text. I would like to know if you've ever done a solo vacation of any kind, whether it's a long weekend, a full week, whatever it is, and how did you enjoy it, and where did you go? Melinda checking in. Uh, she says, um, da, 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 da. I went on a solo cruise vacation. You have the best of both worlds. Company if you want it, or solitary time to rest, relax, and renew. I'm going to go out in a limb, Melinda, and I'm going to guess since you had a good time and you said you could have the company if you want it, you are very comfortable going up to strangers and starting a conversation. I'm going to guess that is the reason that you were able to find company if you want it. If you have that ability, if you are really good at going and talk to people and making new friends, then by all means, maybe a solo vacation is for you, especially like a cruise where you have the ability to see the same people every day. It's not like you're just in a random city uh, exploring. And also, by the way, if you're just going to a random city exploring, I feel like one day my wife is going to be watching a uh, murder documentary about your story. Just throwing that out there. Maybe that's part of my <laughs> neuroticism as to why I can't go and have a solo vacation. But if you're on like a cruise... Or even like those Eagles um, Philly trips that I was talking about. I guess if you are comfortable going up and talking to strange people you don't know, and I realize they're only strangers till you know them, that, that would be something that you could then accomplish. You could have the alone time when you want it, and you could have social time when you want it. But if I was on a solo vacation, I would trust me, not be going up to random people and chatting them up. That is 
not my cup of tea. That is not my strong suit, and I am not good at that. It's just I'm not comfortable with it. I know people see me do this for a living, see me talk at the Royals on a microphone in front of thousands of people for a living, and I can do that, and it doesn't bother me. But talking to people I don't know face-to-face is literally the most frightening thing that I can possibly imagine, which is why it was one of the reasons I was so terrible at dating. Uh, And I've talked about this numerous times. Uh, We got uh, Traffic Dan checking in. I went to the shore alone for three or four days once. It was glorious. Then my friends and family showed up, and then I was on their schedule. Boo. Yeah, but you had um, light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like you had something to look forward to, which was your friends and family arriving. Maybe not look forward to it, but they were there. Uh, Mike says, oh, my God, did you use tools? I didn't have to use tools, luckily, because it was just a turn and a plug. I was able to take care of that. Uh, He also wanted to say I took a road trip to Alabama to my son's house last year after I retired. Never did a long trip alone. It was great. I think a road trip going somewhere, the drive alone, I would have no problem with. None. Because I like driving. I like driving by myself. And I, I, I always say the reason I like driving by myself is because I love talk radio and I love podcasts. So the great thing about driving by yourself, throw on whatever podcast or talk radio show you want to listen to and two, three, four hours of entertainment right there. Next show, especially if it's a radio show that you're podcasting, that can be two and a half hours long. I, I love that. I would have zero problem with a road trip by myself as long as I was as I was driving somewhere to meet up with other people cuz I would love the trip I would love cuz you can again when you're driving by yourself listen to whatever you want there's just not a lot of people who want to listen to talk stuff uh, Melinda yes I'm an only child I learned very early on how to make a stranger a friend in a small amount of time it's funny you say that because I used to be so impressed with my daughter and I still am in numerous ways But, um, I mean, impressed with the fact when she was like four or five and six years old, she's an only child, you know, we'd go to Knoebels for the day and she would always, especially the little kid rides when she would go on those little, you know, the ones that had the car and they go around in circles and the motorcycle and they go around in circles. She'd always want to ride with another kid because she wants to have fun and she didn't have, uh, other kids at home. So Anytime there was other kids, she was just fascinated with other kids, which I'm going to guess a lot of only childs are like. And uh, she would go on this ride, and she would always hop on with another either only child or a child that was just riding by themselves at the time. And by the time that ride was over, we'd watch her. She'd be chatting her head off the entire time that ride was going around. And by the time the ride was over... She and that person had already made plans to go on another ride together. So my daughter, at an early age, and again, probably because she's an only child, had that skill. And she was better at that at four years old than I am at 45. And that's not an exaggeration. And that's not her hyperbole. Um, she went uh, to traffic. Dan, checking back in. Yeah, they are sometimes stranger the more you get to know them. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right. So the solo vacation, that just kind of surprised me. A couple people went on to say um, 27% of the people who want to go on a solo vacation, it's a means to get away from family. 53% just need a break from work. 
49% want time away from their partner. I hope Julie was not a part of that because I would go the other way. And 46% are looking for time away from their own kids. So there you go. Two and five. Two and five say they would love a solo vacation. Definitely something that I would not be able to enjoy. And I'm probably probably missing out, I would guess, because of that. All right, that's going to do it. Like I said, some stuff I want to take care of here this morning, so I'm going to end it a little early. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow, the best man from my wedding, George McMillan, will be here. Um, So I'm sure that will be a lot of fun. And then on Thursday, we'll wrap up the week with the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, ladies, you're welcome. Robbie Lessig will be here with me on Thursday morning at 8 a.m. All right. I hope everyone has a fantastic Tuesday, and uh, we'll talk to you bright and early tomorrow morning. Take care.